and welcome to the AMIP podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Wise. This episode, we are looking to combat some myths or misconceptions about manufacturing. The misconception we are focusing on today is that manufacturing environments are dirty or dingy. I'm super thrilled to have today's guest, Christina Fugas, who is the editorial director for Mold Making Technology. For those who are unfamiliar with molds or the injection molding process, it's predominantly used in the plastics and rubber industry. Christina is well-versed in some of the most successful business practices of those in the mold-making industry, specific applications, and product development. The headquarters for mold-making technology, the publication, is actually based in Cincinnati, and their team of journalists cover mold shop owners, tools, and mold manufacturers, injection molders, and OEMs. They also promote the need for skills-based education and training by recognizing the next generation of mold-making professionals. Christina, thanks for joining us. Ah, thank you so much, Lacey. I appreciate you for um, inviting me to be a guest. Awesome. Yeah, we're super glad to have you. So can you give me just a little bit of background on yourself before we get started? Like how long have you been covering manufacturing or even involved in this industry? Sure. So we started, I've been with Moldmaking Technology, the brand, since it launched back in 1998. So whatever the math is on that, I guess we're almost going on uh, 24 years, I think. Um, so it's been about that long covering that very important niche of manufacturing, mold manufacturing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a skill and a facet of manufacturing that's often overlooked. So can you tell me a little bit about what type of manufacturing you've been exposed to or specifically what market segments? Sure. So, um, I guess mold manufacturing is the niche. So if you're not familiar with mold making, kind of like what you said earlier, it's really about highly accurate, one-of-a-kind custom parts, and that's key. It's not like these are production shops. A mold today is basically, you know, it's the part that makes other parts, to put it simply. Um, all molds have unique complexities and their, their tolerances um, that make it, they make each one and their design, their build, and their maintenance very demanding. You know, a mold today is actually a manufacturing system in a sense. It's not just about cutting steel anymore. It's an engineered product. And and mold making takes innovation um, and advanced technology, you know, all within an environment that is not dark, dirty, and dingy, as some still might think. I mean, I've been covering mold making for almost 24 years, like I said, and the mold builders that we've come across um, throughout North America, they're definitely not dark, dingy, or dirty. Um, Some are more advanced than others, but all of them are highly um, technology-driven and organized. And if you think about it, with those kind of complexities and tolerances, a mold shop environment has to be this way because the molds are complicated machines that can be micro-sized all the way to very large tools, very heavy large tools with all moving parts and mechanisms. So they demand, you know, skilled, focused, um, trained technicians. So I kind of want to throw that out there to give kind of the scope of what we're dealing with. You know, it's not just a simple part. It is a very essential um, part that makes parts. And they go across all end markets. If you think about it, I mean, molds to make products can be medical, automotive, consumer packaging, um, some aerospace, uh, consumer electronics, you name it. A mold is part of every end market. And we do cover all the different types of tools, molds and tooling that are used across those end markets. Absolutely. We actually did an introduction to Engineering Day last year at Millicron in February. Okay. Um, 
you know, and we had high school students like in our facility and just going through like the, their morning routine with them. You know, we were just like, okay, what do you wake up to? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, I brush my teeth. Well, a toothbrush could be made with a mold. Yep. Uh, what else do you do? You know, and then they're looking at shampoo bottles where like the, sh- the caps and closures, you know, for those are made with a mold or some of the cosmetic things that you yes. have together, you know, all of these things, you don't really think about how it's made until you're actually in the manufacturing space. Exactly. And I've always found it so fascinating. And I think the people who are exposed to it, you know, are more well-versed, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, how like law and order, like people who watch that, they can go to like New York city and look on the corner and be like, Oh, that was where, you know, this yes. episode happened where me in plastics, I can look at different things and be like, Oh, I know who made that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Especially when you see it on a shelf too, that you know how that all comes together. It is very cool. Yeah. So based on your experience, you know, working within this industry and with so many manufacturers, how does cleanliness kind of help in other ways? Is there other facets to it that maybe we don't see? So yeah, cleanliness is huge. And I, and I think that's important to note too, in terms of the opinion people might have of the manufacturing environment. So if you think about mold making, um, and it's not just mold making, but of course we'll talk about that. There has been a trend and some of it more to COVID too has kind of sped this up. A lot of shops are diversifying into medical, but it's big in medical anyway. So you have medical work, the medical device industry. Um, this means a lot of certifications, right? That enable shops to better serve a market, you know, with compliance with ISO and quality management systems, you know, and a lot of mold making is in packaging too, of course, which also has clean room demands, automotive and consumer electronics. Some of those parts require decorating, which means um, you want to reduce contamination. So contamination within a shop environment that can come from, you know, dust, hair, little pieces of plastic, particulates from ejected parts. There's so many from uh, when you're doing initial gate separation from cold runners, peeled mm-hmm. or shaved undercuts. There's so many ways that contamination is an issue um, from the grease and release agents that you put on tools, right? Clean room applications are a big deal in the mold manufacturing environment. And there are ways to combat that too. There are plenty of products for mold makers that are working within what we'll call a clean room environment. There are mold components that function without creating friction, right? There are proper lubricants and solid mold maintenance practices. Within that shop environment, filtration systems, right? Air filtration, HEPA filters, you know, hoods over molds to help filter out particulates. And back to components, there are special ejector sleeves that don't require grease. There are slide retainers that roll a different way, preventing friction. Alignment locks that eliminate wear conditions. There, so there are tons of things that are used within molds that are specifically designed for clean room applications. You know, besides the fact that some workers who go into these facilities, especially mold builders that also mold, they're gowned up. You know, they, they, depending on what market they're in, their gloves, there's booties, there's masks, there are hair nets. You know, if that stuff's required, that's common. So. Again, not dark, dirty, and dingy. These mold manufacturers that work in those type of environments are very clean environments. And that also brings up, I guess you can't talk about cleanliness with kind of not, you can't talk about that without talking about safety, right? Right. So people think of mold making too. And if there are people out there that have a, I don't know, a preconceived notion of that environment, you could think of molds and putting them together, assembling them, dissembling them as, wow, that could be a, you know, not, not a safe environment. 
Um, a, a mold shop is a fast paced and constantly changing environment, but mold shops, they adhere and they train to OSHA standards and a bunch of other safety standards. I mean, when you go across those shop floors and even in the engineering offices, I mean, there's like alerts for, you know, first aid and CPR, accident response. Um, yes. If, if they need PPE, you know, personal protective equipment, which everybody knows about now since COVID, um, right. they're, they're, they're wearing that stuff. There's warning signs and instructions to protect workers from potential areas on the shop floor or or specific areas of a mold that could be hazards. You know, when you think about a mold in a machine, you know, where the platens are closing, the kind of the emotion uh, of machines, there's warnings, lockout, tag out, you know, when you have to clean and repair a tool, fork trucks, overhead cranes, like machine specifications. So people know how to behave you know, or, or how to approach the different machinery, practices and devices for safe lifting, right? Handling and right. storing assembled molds, even electrical safety issues, because many molds like hot runner molds, you know, they lose electrical yep. power. So there's plenty of things about that environment that are, people could consider unsafe, but they're not because they're following the protocols. Um, and every shop that I've been in Lacey is like that. They're so up to code on things like that. If you want to put it that way, where I've never felt unsafe, they're organized. So many of them follow the lean manufacturing practices. So even when you think about that, when you walk into some of these shops, they are organized, you know, and, and, and the equipment itself is automated. It's not as manual as some people might think out there, you know, and that goes from mold design and machine programming to even robotics that you'll see on the shop floor that make it not be the shop of your, you know, your granddad's age. It's very high tech. Yes. I mean, you even see improved data handling, you know, across the shop environment and the supply chain, more machine monitoring, more lights out machining, increased use of 3D printing. You know, people are doing yep. remote tryouts and servicing now, especially because of COVID. So there's a lot of new things that are happening in these mold shop environments that are clean and, and they're also safe. It's not uncommon to see all those things. And I'm so happy that you brought kind of all of that up, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they associate an interest in a manufacturing career as, you know, just a basic assembly, something that's yes. very monotonous or machine operations. What other careers are available and how do these careers really impact U.S. manufacturing? Oh my gosh. Well, so within mold making, I would say probably the, if you're talking to like a kid in middle school or high school, maybe even elementary school at this point, I would imagine they're really picturing, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? Because they're very high tech, they're, but they're picturing an operator in front of a press probably, or, or a machinist in front of a machine, right? And they are very, believe me, they are exciting, important roles because they themselves aren't what you think they are anymore. They're very high tech and automated, you know, but there's so much more going on in a shop than just that one role. I mean, you're even looking at me, like I am within mold making, but I'm even on the, the trade press side. There's a way to be immersed in an industry without being on the shop floor in the typical ways that people are thinking about. There are, there's, so there's design and engineering. There is quality management, you know, inspection. There is human resources. There is sales and marketing. I mean, there's, yeah. there's training. So there are so many different facets. I mean, there's automation specialists, um, people that just, they just train. They're training people within these organizations. Um, Lean, I just interviewed um, a girl, a girl, a woman. Um, we have our 30 under 30 honors program while making technology, trying to celebrate 
and to show people out there that the next generation is moving into this industry. And one of these women from a mold material company, she graduated as an industrial engineer and she had her apprenticeship and now she works for a steel company, but she has become like the corporate lean manufacturing specialist. Like, and she fell in love wow. with that aspect of manufacturing. And I don't know how many people can say that, but that's right. something that a lot of people out there, young people wouldn't even think is a job. And it is an important job. So I think it's endless. I mean, if you think of something, you could probably, Lacey, you could probably even create a position within <laughs> a more manufacturing facility that we're not even thinking about today, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot, you know, because my brother loves to play video games and things mm -hmm. of that nature, and he learned to code forever ago. But yeah. I mean, there's even stuff that like you can take that passion and kind of turn it into like, you know, the 3D like cam modeling and things like that. Yep. And that's been used in machinery and the engineering side of the actual machines themselves, as well as the molds, because you have to plan it out before you make it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No. And, no, and no one's ever saying, and I think we need to state this too, nobody sits on this side of it in manufacturing and says, don't go to college, right? Mm -hmm. We're just saying, you don't have to go to college. You can have a successful, fulfilling career in manufacturing, and I'm going to say specifically mold manufacturing, um, without having to go to college. Because a lot of these shops today are very successfully hiring people for work ethic and ambition and just like this motivation to, to create, right. And, and to want to learn a lot of these shops will pay these kids to go to college. Or if they even have a degree, there's a lot of mechanical engineers who are finding their way to mold making too, but they are going, these shops will pay them to go back to school to get additional training or additional degree. So yes. I think that's worth saying. Like we're not saying, Oh my gosh, forget college. If college is for you, my, by all means go, but you don't, if it's not for you, it's okay. And there's so much money to be made, right. And advancement mm -hmm. to happen um, within the manufacturing environment that it's so exciting to talk about that. And to see that firsthand um, has been thrilling all these years because it was something I wasn't even exposed to growing up. I didn't really know about the opportunities. And now it's like, wow, you know, what would I be? Sometimes I think if I could go back in time, I would want to be on the mold maintenance end of mold manufacturing because I like organizing and fixing things and cleaning up something and putting it back together. There's some kind of satisfaction mm -hmm. out of, out of that, or maybe even the lean manufacturing and like this girl that I was talking about, because I love that too. I work that way. So right. who would have thought that that could be something within manufacturing? Nobody really thinks that, right? Unless you're in it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, there's certain skill sets of people, you know, they, they say, you know, don't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, right? So like exactly. some people, you know, for high school graduates, or even, you know, adults who've been out in the real world, like they might say like, college isn't for me right now. And that's mm -hmm. totally fine. And I know in the state of Ohio and Indiana, we have like programs like TechCred or, or Indiana Next Level Jobs that will pay you know, provide funding for, you know, some of these kids or, or even adults who are looking to transition in their career, you know, two to $3,000 even to help employers really train people in some of these workforce development programs that give you skills that can get your foot in the door somewhere with an employer. You can do co-ops, you can do these apprenticeships, you can take, you know, all of these different opportunities, get your foot in the door. And then, you know, if you decide, Hey, I love this company. I love what they're about. I like their culture. I want to move up. A lot of 
HR like programs, they have, you know, tuition reimbursement and things yeah. of that nature where it's like, if you want to go, you know, we had a girl who was like a control panel wirer and she went back and got her, her bachelor's in engineering at UC here in Cincinnati. And it's just amazing to me because she's been with the company for two and a half decades now and she wow. still loves it. But she's one of those people that people go to to ask questions because she's been on the shop floor and she understands the other side of it. And I yep. think those people have, you know, almost like a sixth sense or a wisdom just about them because they've been out there and they've seen it in, in action. Yeah, they've seen it firsthand. That's I, I love that. That's a great story. That's someone that it sounds like she just doesn't want to stop. She wants to keep learning. Right. And, yes. and, and that manufacturing affords that. that that's great. Well, and I think, you know, even within manufacturing, you can kind of charter your own course, too, because, I mean, outside of plastics, there's paper, there's rubber, there's yeah. steel, there's, you know, even construction, just various different market segments that, you know, you can kind of venture down and maybe you don't like plastics. Maybe you don't want to be here. Okay, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you yeah. can take those skills and they translate other places. Do you have any insight on any of the other training that you think would translate Oh, that, that's a great question. You know, I mean, I, I kind of believe what you say, like there, there's a found, it's a foundation that you can take that anywhere really, because it's all about making things. So, I mean, you could go anywhere with that. So what piece of advice would you have for somebody who's a student or an adult looking at a potential career or a transitioning career in manufacturing? So, well, I'm going to be selfish here to talk about mold making. So if you go, if <laughs> you go to moldmakingtechnology.com, not only is there a wealth of content, um, but we have a videos tab and we also have a YouTube channel. We did a video series a couple years back called Mold Making Matters. And we partnered with the American Mold Builders Association, um, I think the Canadian Association of Mold Makers, the Society of Plastics Engineers, the Plastics Industry Association, and we produced these videos. I think it was Nipro Mold up in Massachusetts. Uh, we went on site and we just, took, the video takes you through the different careers uh, or positions, I guess, the different job functions mm -hmm. that are available when you're bringing a product to market, specifically the mold making end. So I would advise people out there, if, if, if that intrigues you, this, this segment of manufacturing, of making the tool that can make other products, check out those videos. I think they do a great and exciting job. They're all younger people um, that were interviewed um, that say in their own words, you know, that what they do, how they got there and the fulfillment they have from being part of the mold making community. So I would encourage people, yeah, to definitely look at that. And, you know, there's plenty of information on the internet, um, but there, the trade press is there to serve these markets. And if you're, there's no lack of information to help you. And, and I'm here too, to help connect people. If people really have a good interest. I have a network, you know, I want to help people get into this industry. So if I can help in any way, you know, reach out to me on social media or on our website and connect with me. Yeah, I can definitely add, would you be okay with me just putting like your LinkedIn on Absolutely. the episode description? So if people have questions, they can reach out or Absolutely. reach out to your team as a matter of fact. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate all of your insights today. I learned a ton, right. no, <laughs> Not that I, you know, and I'm, ar I'm already in plastic. So, um, it's great to, you know, kind of have somebody who's been in the business for so long and have been kind of overseeing so many different operations and somebody who's just, just as passionate about it as 
probably before you even started, honestly. That's true. Yeah. So thank you, Lacey, for no, thank you for inviting me. It was fun. today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us for the AMIP podcast. You can find a link to our website and other resources in the episode description. And if you're interested in getting involved with AMIP, feel free to reach out. There's a tab on the AMIP website that allows you to get in contact with our executive director, Sean Kelly, or any of the guests that were on today. As always, share this episode with your network to help AMIP close the skills gap across the manufacturing industry.